You are listening to Keystone's Stock Talk Podcast, Episode 19. Today we have a great show once again planned with three very intriguing Canadian growth stocks. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a question from a listener on Severia Corporation, SIS on the TSX, a great small cap growth winner that just reported record year-end numbers this past week. We take a look to see if now is the time to buy. Our dog of this week is actually a solid stock in Lumen Pulse LMP on the TSX, which was enabled to live up to lofty expectations for growth the market had expected over the past week and saw its stock decline. Our star of the week is Eng House Systems Limited, ENGH on the TSX, a long-time buy in our Canadian small-cap growth stock universe for over six years now, which reported strong 2017 first-quarter results this past week, sending the stock soaring on Friday. Now, if this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Keystocks, and on Facebook. Now let's dig into the show. I would again like to welcome my co-host, Keystone's senior equity analyst, a father of one, and a man who is so ecstatic with the return of Gwen Stefani to his favorite reality music TV show, The Voice, this season, that he's been playing, and I might add singing, her first hit song, I'm Just a Girl, all week in the office. Welcome, Mr. Aaron Dunn. Yet as excited as I was for Gwen's return to The Voice, so that's not nearly as excited as I am to be here talking to you today. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I have that effect on most people. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about some, some interesting companies. Hopefully that gets you more excited. It does. Companies, yes. And we're going to start with our Your Stock, Our Take segment. This is sent in by a listener. Again, we encourage you to keep sending in uh, your stocks, and we can give our take on those where we believe they are in the market right now and whether or not they offer good value going forward. The company we're going to talk about is Savaria Corporation, SIS on the TSX. Now, Savaria is one of North America's leaders in the accessibility industry. Its product line is quite diverse, and it includes stair lifts, wheelchair lifts, patient lifts, residential and commercial elevators, and, co- and the conversion of adapt and the adaptation of vehicles for the accessibility market. This past week, it reported record 2016 annual results. Uh, the performance reached new highs for 2016, both in terms of revenues and adjusted EBITDA. Revenues reached $120 million. That's up 26% from 2015. Adjusted EBITDA was up to around $20 million. That is about 41% over the same period of 2015, so just over the 2015 year. Cost controls enabled the company to reach uh, higher EBITDA, and we saw some good solid acquisitions bringing in growth to the business as well. Now, this is, these are great results. Uh, is it a great growth stock? Is the stock trading at reasonable price? Now that's what we look at. The valuation that we are going to look at to 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 apply to this company is enterprise value to EBITDA. It's trading at around 15.8 times 
2016 enterprise value to EBITDA. That is rich, but not completely unreasonable given the growth. Now we have to look at the outlook on the business going forward and factor that in. If we factor in the benefits of the acquisitions of a company called Premier Lift that was completed in February of this past year, forecast revenue of approximately $143 million. That is uh, up from $120 in 2016. The corporation is also forecasting EBITDA in the range of $26 million. That would be around 27% growth over the $20 million it did last year. So that is solid growth. Let's take a look at the balance sheet quickly. As at the end of this year, this past year, it had $51 million in cash in the bank. Debt is around $12-13 million, so it has a strong net cash position. Our quick take is the stock is not cheap. If you believe in the growth story, the acquisition story, and that demographic story that it's servicing, you would be holding your nose at current valuations and buy it long term. We'd look maybe two to five years out and it offers some value if the company can continue to grow cash flow, EBITDA, and revenues at, uh, at the clip that it is at present. Uh, we continue to monitor the company but it does seem to offer some value here if you are looking long term. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Ryan, you talked about the valuation on a, on an enterprise value to EBITDA basis. And just for anybody who's not familiar with EBITDA, that's earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So this would be the operating earnings generated from the the assets, essentially, um, before before other factors that that are influenced by regulation and and management like how much debt the company is going to have or what the tax rate happens to be that year so this is not actually the profitability that goes to the shareholders it's it's it measures the profitability of the underlying business we typically tend to to look more at at earnings per share and if you look at earnings per share for the company uh, 34 cents per share for the year up about 21 percent on a valuation basis, they'd be trading about 36 times earnings, about 25 times earnings um, when you take the cash, the, the net cash position out. So it, it, looking at that, you could, it, it certainly, it is certainly not a cheap stock, but, but you do have the growth. I mean, if they're, they, they've, they've been several years now where, where revenue has gone up and, and they're doing an acquisition that, that's going to produce, um, is expected to produce significant growth in the future. So it is certainly something to look at, not cheap, but typically the, the highest quality companies are, are rarely cheap. You rarely find an opportunity to get them that cheap. Yeah, and, and I think that provides a good segue to our stars and dogs segment because Severia is definitely trading at a premium valuation right now. Some premium valuations are justified and some are not. Uh, and certainly know, it's when, not out of line. 20, no. 20 to 25 er, times earnings for a growth stock is not, is not a ridiculous valuation. It's, it's, it's not cheap, but it's not, it's not, um, it's not uh, extreme as yeah, well. So we'll see. When we, when we see these premium valuations on the stock due to growth expectations, that's typically why you see a premium valuation going forward. What happens when a company misses or beats those expectations? You can have the meet, miss, or beat. Uh, in, the, in this case, our dog of the week is Lumen Pulse, LMP on the TSX. It actually missed its growth expectations this week, and the stop, stock dropped 20% in one day, while our star, Eng House Systems, ENGH on the TSX, beat expectations and saw its shares jump 10% on Friday alone. 
If we get into the case for Lumen Pulse, that is our dog of the week, I'm going to let Aaron take that one away. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Dog. Sure, so Lumen Pulse Inc., the symbol is LMP on the TSX. Uh, the company designs, develop, develops, and manufactures a wide range of high-performance and sustainable uh, LED lighting solutions for commercial, institutional, and urban environments. And as, as Ryan, you just said, the, the shares dropped 20% this past week um, due to the company missing earnings expectations and also because it lowered its own guidance. Overall, just at face value, the results actually looked good, but the company did not hit uh, the expectations that the market had set for it. So looking at the, the Q3 results, revenues grew by nearly 50% and reaching $53.1 million. Uh, the, the margins, the gross margins actually um, declined in, in, in the quarter, reflecting a, a change in product mix um, and the acquired product portfolio. Gross margin for the quarter was 46.1% versus 48.8% last year. And then on an adjusted basis, gross margins just above 47% compared to 50% last year. So uh, margins did drop in the quarter. Um, adjusted EBITDA of 5.3 million up from 3.6 million in the same period last year, good growth in EBITDA. The company did report a net loss of 3.7 million or 15, per, 15 cents per share, which was down from uh, marginal net income of uh, 1.6 million or 6 cents per share in, in, the, in the previous year. Uh, however, there there are a lot of accounting adjustments made to their their net income that don't necessarily reflect the actual economic profitability of the company. They do report adjusted net income. They did report adjusted net income of two point eight million or ten cents per share for the quarter, down from four point one in the previous year. So, uh, if you if if you trust the adjustments that that management is making, then then they were profitable in the quarter, but profitability did decline, which is something that you really don't want to see. Revenues up fifty percent, but but profits down. So that's that that's a bad sign. But what what caused the drop? So uh, they did they did reduce, as I said before, they did reduce their own guidance for twenty seventeen due to what they refer to as temporary volatility, uh, citing several factors. Um, noting that the, the pipeline of projects is not converting to orders at the same rate which it had in the past. So that is, that is not a good sign. Uh, while they do believe this is a temporary issue, the market is taking a more cautious approach as it usually does and reducing forecasts for revenue growth. Um, and with this earnings forecast, when this happens to a stock trading at a high multiple, the correction is, is often swift and violent. And we saw that with a 20% decline in this stock. There's also the some uncertainty um, with respect to uh, a Trump tax uh, in the company's conference call. They did comment that they, they did comment that they do not see significant risk from any potential changes in the U.S. tax and trade policy. But the market again is taking a more cautious view and pricing in this potential risk. Uh, the company sources their electronics from the U.S. and while final assembly of the products is typically done in Canada, they do have assembly capability in the U.S. and this this could be expanded if if needed. Um, a fur further a stronger U.S. dollar uh, did increase economic activity and an acceleration in infrastructure related projects should support the company's revenue growth in the future. So there there are there are positive developments potentially occurring for the company. So long term, we do. 
we may have an opportunity, but the company right now is in the penalty box. Shares are likely going to continue to trade at a discount to peers until they are able to produce a more consistent track record and hit the guidance numbers that they put out for themselves. Right now, they're trading at about 11 times 2018 expected earnings per share, which is now a discount to their peers that are trading at about 14 to 15 times. Prior to the correction, the shares were, were trading at a premium to, to its peers heading into 2017. So 11 times 2018 earnings, if they're able to hit that, you have you have good value there. But you're, you're now looking, uh, you're now forecasting out a couple years and they've already had to adjust their guidance in the in the past, um, citing some 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 problems with with converting uh, converting their pipeline into actual sales, so it's really difficult to say at this point if that is gonna if they're gonna be able to correct that or if that problem is gonna persist or even get worse. And this is the type of uncertainty that the market does like does not like. So for for now, it's gonna be in the penalty box. And that is definitely our dog of the week. It serves as an excellent example of you know a company trading at premium valuations. Uh, and when it faces a stumble, uh, you you have a swift and violent correction, and that's what we saw. Now, the question becomes now on on Lumen Pulse is is this a one time revision lower of guidance, uh, and is it just temporary volatility? If it is, and the company is does not go into a pattern of lowering guidance going forward, uh, given the valuations, it could be an opportunity. But uh, we'd have to. We're monitoring the situation. We'd have to look into it closer, and uh, and figure out potentially look at the next quarter when that comes out, and if there is a uh, the company corrects the issue that it saw in this quarter, potentially we do have some value there, and we'll continue to monitor that for our clients. I think for our for our research, we need to see a clear sign that that the company is turning around and and, and actually hitting its targets, and and that revenue growth is going to drop to the bottom line until we see that clear sign management just saying that they believe it's going to happen is, is not enough for us we need to see evidence yes of course we're going to move to our star of the week from our stars and dogs segment it's time for this week's star Uh, is Eng House Systems Limited, E-N-G-H, on the TSX. Uh, Eng House is a diverse software company. It is built through strategic acquisitions targeting the contact center market, which was its primary market, network market, and the transportation and public safety sectors. The company is a cash-rich, zero-debt. Management owns a significant stake in the business, and it cash flow that has consistently grown over time. It has been recommended, uh, the company shares have been recommended for the past five, six years. Uh, it's traded back to when it traded in the $8 range to our clients. This Friday, the stock jumped 10% to close at $60. Driving the jump were the company's Q1 2017 earnings, which bested street estimates. Revenues in the quarter were up to around $79 million from 74 in the same period of the prior year, but that's not really what drove the jump in the company's stock. The real beat came from income from operating activities, which rose around 26%. Net income for the quarter was $0.43 cents per share, up from $0.31 cents in the same period of last year. Adjusted EBITDA was $0.85 cents per share, up from $0.70. Cents. 
around a 21% increase. The company closed the quarter with $88 million in cash in the bank. That's up from $85 million in October. The company has no debt. And Enchouse increased its quarterly dividend by 14% to $0.16 cents per share in the quarter. Enchouse has now increased its dividend in each of the past nine years. Now, this is a stock that we, we have followed management, uh, interviewed a number of times over the past five, six years. The stock now is not cheap. Obviously, we originally bought the shares at $8. Uh, earnings, cash flow, revenues continue to grow over that period. The company uses its cash flow that it creates to purchase its acquisitions. It doesn't go into debt to purchase those acquisitions. So it's buying earnings power with its cash flow. It's a great way to build the business over time. And the company has done well for our clients. And we expect over the long term, it continues to outperform the market. And Enchouse this week with its 10% rise on Friday is our star. It's the gift that just keeps giving. It has been for sure. It's been excellent. So one, one thing I want to comment, because Enchouse is a great example um, on a number of fronts uh, to, to look at when, when, when learning how to analyze companies or learning how to invest. But so five years recommended, uh, about five years ago, um, recommended it in the $8 range, uh, now about $60 a share. But I remember that when it was originally recommended, there is there is some impatience. It took a little, a little while for the company to actually start moving up because management was sitting on their cash. They had a huge cash balance, a huge war chest that they could use to, to acquire companies, but they weren't just running out and acquiring anything. And there were some analysts back then that were very impatient with the company and, and, and didn't like the fact that they weren't just aggressively employing that cash. But management stuck to their strategy which is 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 only to pursue acquisitions that were uh, a creative to the business and and adding value to shareholders and it's worked out well for them yeah i mean i and i can remember about see we were monitoring this company we, were, we bought in 2011 2010 in that period uh, originally but we monitored them back to 20 or 20 2006 2007 and at that time, the company was really getting flack from the market for sitting there with you know seventy to eighty million in cash in the mar in the bank and not employing it. But in that period, you were seeing a, a a bubble that was forming in the markets generally, particularly in the tech market as well. And uh, they could not find reasonable acquisitions to purchase over that period at a reasonable price, so they didn't employ the capital. So investors were impatient with the company at that point. Well, it was the right decision. Uh, you saw a crash 2008, 2009, and the company was able to pick up kind of the pieces with $100 million in sitting there in cash that it had generated in the bank and was, has been able to make acquisitions ever since then at far more reasonable prices than it, it would have had to made at in 20, you know, 2006, 2007. Uh, when the markets were trading at very premium multiples, and you know, it's a it's a case where management owns thirty you percent. Know, key management owns thirty percent, thirty forty percent of the stock, so they are aligned with shareholders. They're not going to waste money uh, purchasing companies at far premium valuations that are not going to be accretive to to earnings per share. They're always looking at growing earnings per share, and that is because they're pulling on the same rope as you. Uh, they own 
a significant stake in the business and as a shareholder, uh, it is a great position to be in when management is pulling on that same rope. So again, Aaron, I'd like to thank you this week for uh, co-hosting with me. And again, you can add us on, on Facebook at or on Twitter at Keystocks and find the show notes on our site, www.keystocks.com. Again, Aaron, thank you very much and profitable investing. Thank you, Ron. Profitable investing.